Hello, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott, and I'm here to read you a couple of bedtime stories. First, let's just get this out of the way. Obviously, this audio quality is a little wonky, and let me explain myself. You also may have noticed this week's episode is much shorter than usual, and I apologize. When I was mid-edit, I received the news that my grandmother had suffered a stroke, so I put everything I thought I needed to finish on my external hard drive. I packed my mo- my mobile recorder. That's the Tascam you hear right now that I'm unfortunately getting plosives in because one thing I did also forget is a pop filter for my Tascam. Um, I apologize. I packed that and I drove four hours to my hometown's hospital. Unfortunately, another thing I forgot other than the pop filter was the one unfinished story for the episode. All I had were the two finished ones, and no one was able to get to my home computer to send me the other until late tonight. It's already late tonight. Um, I hadn't even begun editing it, and I'm honestly just so physically and mentally exhausted that I, I couldn't do it, and I didn't want to disappoint you with nothing. Uh, I, again, apologize for it. The audio quality is the same as usual, the good quality in both the stories, just this intro and the outro are a little rough. Sorry about this. Um, it was an emergency and I really appreciate you understanding. So the first story of tonight is by Mia who says she's been a lover of all things horror since she was six years old and snuck into the living room to watch Chucky while her parents thought she was asleep. Enjoy. My dog keeps dragging in dead things. (laughs) Lucy, oh my god, that's so gross! I really thought bringing dead things in the house was a cat thing, but here we are. About six months ago, I had a messy breakup with my ex, Joseph. Well, I ended up with his six-year-old lab, Lucy. Joseph was her previous owner before we got together. Now don't get me wrong, Lucy is a good dog, but I think the breakup really affected her. She's developed this disgusting habit of bringing in things she dug up into the house. At first it was things like dog treats, old balls and frisbees, dirt and saliva, coating their exteriors. Ugh, nothing like kicking a dog bone in the dark. Then she would start bringing in half-rotted carcasses. Ugh, rats, rabbits, birds, ugh, you name it. Some of these looked like they had just been killed. One day, she brought in a lizard that wasn't even dead. Lucy and I just chased it all over the house like some kind of scene from Scooby-Doo. Others, well, let's just say, you definitely knew when Lucy had left one of those in the house. Even still, with all that, I could live with. She's a good dog, after all. That was until yesterday. When she brought in something that sent chills through my spine, I noticed she had something between her black paws. Hey, Lucy, what you got there? 
Her tail beats against the floor rapidly, and she looks at me excitedly. That's when I saw what she had between her paws. A human hand. Or what was left of it. I gasped and nearly dropped my coffee. So now, I don't know what to do. She's a good dog. She really is. She'd never hurt a fly. But I can't have her digging up Joseph. I'd definitely be in a lot of danger of being caught. What if one of the neighbors happens to look over the fence and sees his body half dug up in my backyard? Then they'll call the police and they'll start asking questions. Then they'll probably find all the other bodies I have buried back there. I'd hate to have to get rid of her, but we just can't have that. So if anyone has any suggestions, I'd really appreciate it. Lucy, again? And our final story of tonight is by a returning author to the show, Tiffany Haney. Tiffany is a yoga instructor and small business owner who just opened up her own wellness studio in Strongsville, Ohio. As much as she loves to meditate and recite positive mantras, her love for horror runs deep. If you haven't heard it yet, Tiffany also wrote the incredible yoga-themed horror story Serenity Now from the episode titled Watch Your Neck, uploaded on April 22nd, 2022. Seriously, go check it out. It's very, very fun. This week, she has for us, Trust Your Instinct. I lift up my pant leg to rub my calf, a soft but audible groan escaping my lips. Michelle had a huge smile on her face and barely looked like she had broken a sweat on our hike. I regretted not breaking in my brand new hiking boots, and my backpack felt like it weighed a thousand pounds. Come on, I want to get to the site and set up before sundown. Michelle motioned to me to follow her, and with another groan, I pulled myself up onto my feet. Why did I agree to go on this camping trip? Not only was I not an outdoorsy girl, but I also can't stand my sister's fiance, Michelle. Now I was going to be trapped on an isolated mountain with just her and my sister. You said you'd try, Katie. My sister Laura sidled up next to me and gave me an encouraging arm tug. I force a smile on my face and start trekking on, doing my best to keep up with Laura and Michelle. We finally reached camp and I collapsed on top of my backpack, hugging it for dear life and relieved to take these stiff boots off soon. Let's set up the tents and make a fire while we still have the light. Michelle was entirely too enthusiastic to be out in the middle of nowhere, sweating up a storm. At least, that was me at this moment. Thinking to myself, I tried to remind myself that I was here for Laura, and Laura was also here for me. So I plastered a smile on my face and trekked on. I never knew my sister to be the outdoors, sporty type. But she sure as hell became that enthusiastic adventurist once they started dating. Seems like we could have just as easily had a dinner party to meet, like last year. I just felt like she was settling. 
But I also knew it was slim pickings on the dating apps, and she had brought home dozens of losers before Michelle. I wasn't sure why she rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe it was her over-the-top enthusiasm. It felt forced to me. No one is that naturally happy without a mood enhancer. Maybe I should try to find out what she's on. Katie, did you hear me? Laura was staring at me, waiting for a response. I had no idea what she had said to me. What? Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, my mind was somewhere else. Shocker. Laura stated flatly, rolling her eyes. Come on, we seriously have to get a move on. This fire isn't going to start itself. An hour later, the tents were set up, the fire was roaring, and Laura was retrieving some hot dogs from her pack. Uh, You brought the beans too, right? I inquired, a slight attitude in my tone. Yes, Katie, I know. I know you're a vegetarian again this month. Laura teased. Not a total vegetarian. I snarled under my breath, rolling my eyes. They both clearly did not hear me. We finished dinner as the sun disappeared behind the trees, and cold began to set in. Michelle removed a flask from her pack, held it up to me inquisitively. Sip? There's no meat and whiskey, Michelle said with a wink, Laura chiming in with a giggle. Sure. I took the flask from her hand, threw my head back, and took a giant swig. Michelle and Laura gave each other a look and started laughing again. (laughs) My turn, lightweight. And Laura grabbed the flask and took a large drink as well. Whatever was in that flask was definitely strong, because I immediately started to get lightheaded. Not wanting to give truth to the lightweight comment, I gave the excuse of being exhausted and headed to my tent. That night, I had a very restless sleep, from what I can remember of it. I am positive I had crazy dreams because I woke with an insanely vivid vision of Michelle and my sister joyfully dancing around the fire, half-clothed despite the cold. It felt so real. Morning! A peppy Michelle chirped as she crossed outside my open tent entrance and poked her head in. It's a beautiful day. Wow, you look rough. Bad night's sleep? She looked at me coyly, a slight upturn at the corner of her mouth. Not sure why. I'm just not used to all this fresh air. My voice sounded hoarse as I attempted to smooth out my hair. Wonderful, huh? You'll get used to it. Up and at him. Top of the mountain is a calling. Michelle bounced off, clearly excited to get on with today's hike. I envisioned her falling off the side of the mountain and smiled to myself. Kate! My sister's voice cut through my thoughts and I crept out of the tent. Look! 
She pointed towards the woods, and I whipped my head around to see a deer grazing just feet from us. Jesus, Laura. You scared me half to death. Yes, a deer. I'm familiar. I turned to begin packing up my things, mentally preparing for the hell I was about to endure for the rest of the day. Not just the hiking, but the chatter and annoying voices that ran out of Michelle's mouth like constant word vomit. Suddenly, I had a sharp pain in my right temple. I shut my eyes and grimace, and a quick picture of Michelle with crazy eyes and a wide grin staring at me through fiery flames jumped into my mind. I shivered at the thought. That dream really got to me, I guess. Forty-five minutes later, we were on the trail, me lagging behind, naturally. Something felt different today. Michelle seemed more quiet. Focused, maybe? Laura was also quiet and almost seemed nervous. Maybe just impatient with me. Ever since we were kids, she always took the parental role watching over me. I guess I'm still waiting to get my life together. I am glad she found Michelle. And maybe I'll grow to like her. Maybe I shouldn't be so negative and actually try to get to know her. I never tried with the last one. And kind of regretted not making a connection before she was gone picked up my pace and made my way within talking distance of the two of them. So, Michelle, where'd you say you grew up again? I inquired, pretending to be interested. I figured if I kept prodding, I'd be able to connect with her on some level. Washington, outside Seattle. We used to hike and camp a ton when I was a kid. Being an only child, my parents were able to devote all their time to me. Which was good looking back, having lost them so young. Only child. Check. Orphaned. Check. And you lived with other family after that? I asked in a breathy voice as I struggled to keep up this brisk pace. Oh, I don't really have any. I bounced around some foster homes for a couple years, and when I was 18, I just... Went out on my own. I feel like my parents prepared me for adulthood early. It's like they knew I'd need to grow up quickly or something. Well, it's a good thing you found my sister. Since our parents are no longer around, I guess that's probably something you two were able to bond over, huh? I made eye contact with Laura, and she shot me a warning look, and I knew she wanted me to lay off this round of questioning. Um... Yeah. Michelle seemed uncomfortable and stopped in her tracks. Maybe we should take a little break and have some water, huh? She took off her pack and we followed suit, and Laura plopped down on a dead tree, the bark cracking under her, threatening to give way. She stared out, looking at me with a blank stare. She seemed different with Michelle. Not my usual Laura. I'm sorry. I just know how things went with your parents, and I... I I guess 
I just don't know what to say about all that to you two. Obviously, Laura and I have talked about it, but not you and I, and I, I well, uh, I am sorry. I, I... She bumbled and choked on her words. It's okay, Michelle. I saved her. It was a long time ago. We are blessed to have each other. Yes, it was super traumatic, but we have supported each other wholeheartedly ever since. Laura still said nothing. Now staring at a hangnail she was picking at absentmindedly. So I continued, partly to make Michelle uncomfortable, and partly to see if Laura had completely checked out at this point. Decapitation of your parents is a tough first date topic, I'd imagine. Michelle and Laura's jaws fell open. Too graphic? I plainly asked, slinging my backpack on. We should get a move on, ladies. We want to get to the top in the next couple hours. No one spoke for quite a while. I wasn't sure if I was doing this emotional prodding and manipulation out of boredom, punishment for making me hike, or... Maybe jealousy, my sister seemed to actually like Michelle. I think that's why she's being so weird. We took two more water breaks, and after almost three more hours of hiking, finally made it to the top. It was absolutely breathtaking. Much more scenic than last year's spot in my apartment dining room. We better make camp, Laura flatly stated. What was her deal? Michelle was setting up their tent as I unpacked some supplies, and Laura came over to me, hovering, and clearly waiting for me to say something. What? I said, looking at her. What are you doing? Why are you acting like this? Laura pleaded with me. Why are you acting like this? I emphasized. It's Michelle, isn't it? You're not having second thoughts, are you? I get that this is a big commitment, but you do have to love them to have the ceremony be successful. I reminded her. I know. I know. It's just... Isn't there some other way? She looked so sad. I don't remember her ever being this upset over the last few... Laura, this is the way it has to be. This is your year to make the offering. Michelle is perfect. You did good. Go help her finish with the tent, and I will start collecting things for setup of the circle site. Laura nodded knowingly. She turned back towards Michelle, then whipped back around to me, throwing her arms around my shoulders with a tight hug. She whispered. Love you too. Now go help her. I scooted her off as I headed towards the woods to find berries and rocks for the offering circle. An hour later, our tents were pitched and we were sitting around a newly formed fire pit, eating granola bars and laughing with each other over stories of Laura's terrible cooking. Michelle was actually not too awful of a person, I guess. I almost 
liked her. The sun started to set, and my sister brought out the flask, handing it first to Michelle. Bottoms up! Michelle toasted, tossing back a large swig. Here, soon-to-be sister-in-law. She passed the flask to me. I also took a large sip, and then passed it to Laura. My head started to feel fuzzy as the last of the sun disappeared behind the mountain. Seemingly out of nowhere, Laura stated, Michelle has been pretty awesome to me, accepting me as I am and supporting me as much as she has. Laura grabbed her beloved's hand, laying on the charm a bit thick in my opinion, but whatever gets her calm and trusting, I guess. In fact, She knows more about me than anyone I've ever met. She turned and gazed eyes with Michelle and smiled. Katie. She looked back at me and my head began spinning a bit. Whoa. I'm a bit dizzy. My words sounded slurred. So weird. Katie? Laura continued. Michelle knows about Mom and Dad. The whole story. I giggled nervously. (laughs) Um, (laughs) what? I turned my head slightly to make eye contact with Michelle. That you drugged your parents and made Laura cut off their heads when you two were only 9 and 11? I was really dizzy now. Was I hearing correctly? Was this real? That you pledged your allegiance to a demon and promised annual offering? Was this really happening? What the hell? I tried to stand but was unstable on my feet and sank back down immediately. Well... I'm in. Michelle pulled Laura's hand to her heart, lovingly. Laura? I was propping myself up with one hand in the dirt and attempting to figure out what the hell was happening. Had my sister really done this to me? Go to sleep, sweetie. My sister rose up and sauntered towards me. And everything went black. I woke up with a ringing in my ears and a pain in my arms and legs. I opened my eyes to realize I was restrained, tied at the wrists and ankles, refocusing my eyes towards the laughter I was hearing. I saw my sister and Michelle, naked, dancing around the fire. Actual fuck. Laura. I tried to yell, but my throat was so dry and I had trouble with my words. You're up! Laura playfully exclaimed, stumbling towards me. She fell to her knees in front of me and cupped my face in her hands, endearingly. 
I love you so much, sis. But I love Michelle, too. Once I told her everything, she was all in. We decided to offer up you this year instead. It's perfect because I truly love you. This offering will be as special, if not more special, than when we gave our parents to him. Drinking your actual blood relative is so much more meaningful than drinking the blood of a stranger. She paused dramatically. Please know that your sacrifice is not in vain, sweet sister. She placed her hand on her stomach. Michelle and I are going to be mothers soon. A tear fell down her cheek. Can you believe it? He blessed me. I'm actually pregnant. More tears escaped her eyes, and she smiled with absolute glee. He came to me one night, and Michelle watched the entire ceremony. He chose us, Katie. More smiling, and Michelle now had her hands on my sister's shoulders in a warm embrace from behind. Laura gazed up at Michelle adoringly. We can teach her our ways. It's perfect. Michelle chimed in. A tear fell down her cheek as well. And Laura began to lovingly stroke my hair. She will know all about the beautiful blood sacrifice her Aunt Katie made in her honor. Laura's grin was ear to ear. I've never seen her look so happy. Behind her, Michelle resumed dancing (laughs) and smiled through the fire at me, maniacally. It's time, sweetie. Laura turned back towards Michelle, who stopped dancing and handed Laura the large hand-carved blade I had brought in my pack. The blade that had been meant for her. I closed my eyes, accepting my fate. Will you name her Katie? I lowly whimpered. Of course. They said in unison. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much to both my authors, Mia and Tiffany. Thank you for letting me do fun things with your beautiful work. And thank you, listener, for bearing with me during this difficult time and this um, lack of all of my usual technology and this fact that I had to just throw a bunch of stuff in my car and go. Um, Thank you so much. I know that you're all being very gracious right now, right? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, uh, that's about it. I don't think I baked anything this week. Um, other than, oh, no, I lied. I did make some cinnamon rolls, the kind that come from a can. And that was great. 
hit the spot. But other than that, I don't think I baked anything this week. Uh, it's just been a rough couple weeks. That's okay. We're going to get through it. And I have you. And again, I have your graciousness, I know, for this very rough episode. I'm saying that as a way to reassure myself. I'm honestly freaking the fuck out because this episode's so short and I didn't get that other one and I messed up and also uh, my grandma is in the hospital and very sick and I'm scared. So anyway, thanks for everything. Uh, I will talk to you next week. Uh, all right, go. Oh, you can follow the show. It's your new, please. God, I hope this is no one's first episode. Jesus. Uh, but if you, if you are new to the show, you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, all at scary to sleep live show tickets and announcements and everything you might've heard up top. If not, they're in the show notes and, uh, yeah, go come to the live show. Come see me, come see me in November and John and Pacific. It'd be great to see you and all the other junk that goes along with this stuff that I just don't have the brain capacity to deal with right now. Go follow the show. What, what's all the stuff? Um, you know, anyway. All right. I love you. Thank you. Uh, drink your water. I didn't drink. I didn't, I haven't had water in like two days. So I'm about to go chug a bottle of water and go and myself, I myself am going to go get some sleep. Sweet dreams. <laughs>